Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Something Something Podcast. My name is Eric Kasloff, and with me, as always, is Larry Sands. Say hello, Larry. Hello, Larry. And how is it going today, my friend? You know, it, it's actually pretty good. So I was thinking about this today, Eric. This is our first actual podcast back from from all, from the, the horror stuff that was happening all in October. Right. Yeah. Um, so this is our halfway, you know, halfway out of October. But man, it was a, it was a wild and crazy October. I know. And November is going to see a lot of changes coming to the show. I don't want to say any of it yet, but there is going to be a very cool, fun segment coming. Yes. Did you get yes. the clip? Yes. No, no, not yet. You didn't check it out yet? But no. did, did she send it to you? I, I don't know. I got to look. I got to check. Okay. Well, I got it. It's pretty good, man. Okay, good. Good. Yeah, I it's can't wait. pretty darn good. I, I it's going to be. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Good. Good. Um. Yeah. So, like, so we had our, our four days of, of horror, our four days of Halloween, and then to cap it off with our live stream, right? Which is good. going actually pretty good. Yeah, and there was that great episode we did with Dylan, Slasher oh, yeah. Movie Reviews. Uh, that was great, man. That yeah. was great. That was great. Um, and, you know, Eric, I, w- I was talking to a, a buddy of mine. You don't know him, um, but he's another filmmaker. And, you know, we, we got in this conversation um, about people that do stuff. Instead of just talk about doing it, they just do it. Are you introducing the guest? No, 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 oh, okay, but this okay. is a, this is because I want to do segue. that. No, oh, okay. no, of course, no, no, but but this is a perfect segue. But you know, I think that's one of the things about our podcast that I really like, and I'll say it time and time again is um, we get to talk to doers, and they yeah. and and because they've done it, they know how to talk about it in a in a in a passionate, realistic, like you know, kind of. It's not blase, but they just talk about it and because they've been through it, right? Um, and I, I just everybody we've talked to just in the past path in the past month alone in October is super spectacular. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you want to like segue, Sam, it yeah, yeah, yeah. So Larry, three years ago was a real life changing event for me. Um, the good thing was all the stuff that happened with her name was Samantha, which you can watch now on Amazon Prime. But <laughs> getting into the New Jersey Horicon, the first ever one, came yes. at a time in my life where things could have went. Because right after my grandma died, um, wait, start back. I entered into the New Jersey Horicon and I joked with my grandma and told her, hey, don't die yet till I know if I get in this festival. Because me and my grandma had a dark sense of humor with each other. She ended up passing away. It devastated me. The day we buried her, I got the email telling me I got into the New Jersey Horicon and I lit up. I was happy, but there was still a lot of sadness in me. Come the day of the New Jersey Horicon, man, I got my carnival barker on. My grandfather used to run a guess your name, guess your age stand. And um, I think I forget the park here in Jersey, but that came out of me. 
And I handed a flyer to someone who, again, he could have simply walked away, but he took the flyer and not just that, he gave me his time and came to the screening. He's a film critic. So my big screening, I had a critic right over me. So my fear <laughs> was on high. Then he told me he dubbed the movie. And then the day of the, the next day at the awards, he said, hey, win or lose, I want to interview you. Now, he again, he's he's great at his job and he was doing his job. But those words he said to me that day, he I think I've told him this when I was on his show, but. That was a huge saving moment in my life because even with all that, I still had one foot on the stool, man. Yeah. But, you know, um, let's just get to him. Baron, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. Well, thanks for uh, inviting me on your show, Eric and Larry, and greetings to all. I never say the word hello because (laughs) if you know your horror movies, you say hello, either (laughs) shit hits the fan or you die. (laughs) If you say the word greetings, the killer doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to do. So, there you go. It's a fact. Go watch some horror movies. See if I'm right or wrong. You're you're right. right. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. Actually, actually, that's what... um, uh, Before we get into it, what is your take on American Horror Story, 1984? Have you seen it? Uh, actually, no. I wait until the entire season is done, and then I go and watch it all together. Uh, this way, I know to hit the fast-forward button to X3 to zip through the commercial break and click right back into it. Yeah. Um, this way, I get to watch the whole uh, series in one shot, and I will literally watch all the episodes, sit down, and binge-watch for the entire time. And we'll see how long I takes me to fidget in my chair where I get bored or I tune out for a little bit. Well, so. well if, if you're anything like Eric and Eric, now I don't know, Baron, but you are, you are, you are a, a critic, right? You're a horror critic and Eric and he is, he's, how could you say it, Eric, about 1984? Or do we even want to, do, do we even want to taint I'm, it? I'm finishing it because I started it. You've got to. But the You've whole no thing is, I slasher movies oh. are my favorite genre. Yes. And they promised me a slasher movie. Okay. And then and it became American tra- Horror Story. And wait, I got to say this. Okay, okay. For horror fans like me, Baron, and everyone else, American Horror Story is kind of like the urban outfitter of horror. It's like it has this cool stuff. But it's the fake version of cool stuff that, you know, non-hardcores like. Like, you can get a... I'll I'll never forget this. There was a... Who was the guy who did the trucker hats? Oh, uh... Well, whatever there was, they made a t-shirt that said, Punk is not dead. The fact that that company made a shirt that said, Punk is not dead, means Punk's dead. (laughs) So, so I hope that didn't spoil your appetite to be to watch uh, 1984, but it is a little weird. So that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. So, Baron, now, first of all, to to just correct something, Larry, you call me a uh, a, a film critic. Uh, I would say that is secondary. 
I am what most people would consider a horror historian. Yes. I know the subject of horror from 1896 when the first one started at all, which was wow. only about a minute long. It can be found on YouTube right now. Um, I will not try the to pronounce it in the French. I would butcher it too much. But uh, it is a it's a silent film, obviously, folks. It's black and white. So don't let those two things um, make you a, a negative thought because Nosferatu from 1922 is a silent film that was supposed to be destroyed by the Stroker family, uh, but it wasn't, obviously. Mm. It lived on. But then it's very hard to kill a vampire. Yeah. You got to exactly. that thing out perfectly. If you don't, well, it'll just live on. That's right. That's right. How you did you? That there are still some prints where he's referred to as Dracula. Yes, that is slightly true, but for the most part, everyone does consider uh, it with the more uh, official name Nosferatu. Yeah, and the uh, the film actually, just to purely note it, there was the shadow of a vampire that had William Defoe mm -hmm. actually portraying this character and and such. It was a film that Wim Dafoe got an Oscar nomination for. He did not win, but I always find it interesting to go, there goes horror again. Horror may not win the big, big Oscars, but it will usually win on sound or costume. That's where Oscars for that, also occasionally for the composition of a film. Well, and also horror invented a category. Before American Werewolf in London, there was no makeup effects Oscar. That's correct. Hmm. Interesting. Actually, it, it really is. Because I love, because I'm the outside fringe guy of horror. And I love when we did our, 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 um, our show with um, Dylan, right? We were talking about horror and they were doing their favorite horror stuff. And just to hear... Uh, Eric and Dylan talk is is kind of like listening to you, Baron and Eric talk about the history of of horror. Um, uh, I love listening to it. How did you how did you get involved first of all in in becoming a, a historian? Um, what made you want to do that in the first place? Well, in in my where I. Basically, in my household, if you would, in my backstory, um, we only had one television, and I came from a very authoritative family, meaning my father was a U.S. Marine mentality, mm -hmm. DOD, Department of Defense. Uh, so kind of ruled the household, if you would. Um, so a lot of times it was reading books, and you would read, I would read Poe, or I would go back and I would read a lot of the gothic uh, sense. I would then be watching horror movies and I would, believe it or not, playing with little matchbox cars on the floor, smashing them into each other, making head-on collisions, um, <laughs> making sure they all blow up and all this kind of fun stuff. And I would be watching, say, Dark Shadows or mm -hmm. other types of films that were that time. I came from a household, honest about this, that frowned on having me watch anything that was romantic. If you held hands or you kissed on the screen, that was hide your eyes and turn away. That's but awesome. if we're going to have a decapitation, <laughs> a stabbing, a shooting, a burning, 
any one of these activities, have at it. Watch as many as you can. Enjoy it. So for me, I would be watching films from, say, the 50s with my parents, if you would. And then my father would come in and say, let's watch uh, an Alfred Costello meet Frankenstein. And that got me hooked then on going even further back to watch Frankenstein and mm. Dracula and going backwards. So I started basically in the, in the 50s with watching these films and I would go backwards. And that made me just start traveling down different routes to see what else is out there. So for me, becoming a what I call a horror historian, yes, you do a lot of critiquing. But you want to understand the roots because horror builds upon itself. It's very cyclical. So, you know, in the 70s, you have uh, the exiting of, say, vampires into a new form of the undead, zombies. An extension, if you would, because what is a vampire? It's the undead. It's mm -hmm. a version of it. So we go through cycles in horror. We always do. We always will. But we always build upon what came before. So I always find it's interesting to go back because filmmakers will always think I've created the new horror. <laughs> no, you didn't because we did that before, but you just updated it slightly. I remember when I was on your show, we talked about that craze of post-horror. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, first off, I always mention this, and I, I, I hold true to this statement. My favorite director is Alfred Hitchcock. Mm -hmm. I am a, I wouldn't say master of the, the master of suspense, but I have probably every book, and I've watched every film, and I have multiple copies of those movies in, you know, VHS tapes, and then obviously now in Blu-rays. But I watch those. And when people tell me that Gordon Peele is the new master of suspense, I go, Gordon Peele made two movies. Hitchcock made over 44. Yeah. When Peele gets to that number, we can start to talk. But you still wouldn't be right. Because he's not the master of suspense. I mean, he's a very talented filmmaker. Oh, but putting that label, that's damaging to his career to call him that. Yes, and he never called himself that. Someone else tried to hang that moniker on him. And on one of my shows, I took that same um, journalist to task and ripped it apart, every line of his article. It was a fun show. <laughs> I dedicated it all to one person, so I just ripped it apart. And no one, no, there was people who tuned in that show just went, Everyone just sit down and be quiet. The Baron's now talking. We shall all be in class for two hours. So, yes. Now, it, it's you have your own podcast. Um, and you had Eric on. Um, what, do, what does... Okay, first of all, where can people find your podcast? Uh, my podcast is called The uh, Baron's Crip. It usually airs on Friday nights. Um, lately, there's been a slight hiccup in that. And uh, people who've been following along with me know what that hiccup is, and that's um, I'm I'm caring for my father who is turning. 
Hi, hi, Auntie Jody here with a helpful hint to get you through the dreaded seating arrangements for Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, or actually any party. Should you find yourself sitting with a bunch of so-called adults at the designated adult table when the kids' table looks ever so much more fun? Simply get up and move yourself over and join the kiddies. Chances are you'll have ever so much more fun, and the conversations will probably be much more honest. Right? Because kids don't know how to play passive-aggressive nicey-nice like adults. So unless you're one of those passive-aggressive types, chances are you'll have a much more fun time with the kiddies. Just remember, no food fights. And also remember, you certainly can question authority. Just don't doubt Auntie J. Ta-ta for now. 92 in a few uh, days, and he's okay. begun the, uh, how should I put it? He's begun to have Alzheimer's. Oh, and so that has slightly interrupted the normal schedule of the show, but uh, things are changing in November, and the show will be back on schedule. And Eric will probably be one of my first guests I'll be inviting on my show. Well, that'd Surprise. be awesome. Perfect surprise. <laughs> that was that's cool. Um, now with, with all your this, with all your your history and your knowledge of horror, um, and this is, have you ever thought about writing a book or even a screenplay? I have anything? written screenplays. I yeah. have written screenplays. Um, I have some people who are um, inquiring to me to do a book on different parts of horror. Uh, obviously, it would be a nonfiction, although I have written fiction uh, horror stories. People have asked me to put them up. I haven't yet, because as a critic, I am very critical of my work. And I constantly um, work on it, print it out, take it outside and burn it, and then go, <laughs> it's still not good enough. <laughs> And, and any filmmaker, any writer out there will completely identify with that uh, entire aspect. Oh, here, here. Yeah. But um, yes, I mean, many times I've been asked to maybe write uh, a book on a certain uh, niche market of uh, horror. And there's a couple out there. And uh, I can't really uh, talk about one since I submitted the thought to a publisher. So that'll have to wait. Yes. Yes. Very cool. What what is your favorite? Um, but and what is your favorite uh, horror? Because there's genres in horror, right? There's different horror genres. Yes. Multiple. Then there's yeah. subgenres within right. the subgenres. Yeah. Yeah. What, there's, what, there's probably about. Uh, we're gonna wait here. I got a siren coming down. Oh. I live in a highway. <laughs> there's the fire engine's coming right by. It's gonna go loud. Okay. Hold on. That's okay. He's in Jersey right now. He's in Lodi right now. He's in Jersey. I'm not in Lodi. If, you're looking, so if, 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 if they're looking for Eric, he's in Jersey right now. Yeah, they'll, <laughs> they'll find him easily. Me, on the other hand, no. Okay. Um, but no, uh, where were we? Uh, yes, the subgenres. There's probably over uh, easily 30 subgenres, depending on how you want to break that down. Um, so, but if you're asking for what my favorite uh, is, that's a little bit hard because that's like saying if you have three children, which one's your favorite? And you can't choose. That's impossible. I it it really depends on what mood I'm in. I mean, growing up where I when I did, I like creature features. I really got into that because it mixes horror with fantasy. 
because in Creature Features, anything goes. That's why a lot of people like the, the Monster Squad from 87. Such you, a get, you get your classic horror and you get a kind of a variation on some of those characters because of copyright issues and such. So the creature from the Black Lagoon, he's got a very really distinct look to him that looks different from the actual Universal. But again, it's a creature feature movie. So it, it plays in there really well. So um, again, creature feature. But if I had to really choose, I would have to say psychological uh, horror. You always pegged me as someone who that would be your favorite. What favorite uh, genre that I would like? Yeah, yeah. I always thought that was your favorite was the psychological stuff. Well, yes, I, I, I don't. I like it a little bit more in a sense that you can layer more into it. I mean, first, let's understand in horror, a, a lot of horror movies contain all other genres in it. If you think about it. Especially slasher, in fact. Slasher's got a little bit of whodunit into it, a little mystery, maybe. We definitely are going to have a bit of a comedic line. We have to have it. We have to break the tension. If you keep a movie at your highest peak the entire time, the audience doesn't do very well. They start to become uh, a, a bit uneasy, such as with uh, Cannibal Holocaust or Cannibal Fairfox. These type of movies, there's no break. The audience, you either get a hardcore audience or you lose a majority of your audience, okay? Also in a horror genre film, you're going to, of course, have romance. You could call that TNA, but most of the time, it's also somebody caring about somebody else. We, the audience, must care about one of the people there. If we do not yeah. care about someone in the film, we don't care. Yeah. We'll start typing on our phones, we'll start chatting in the audience. We don't care. So you have to have that there. You also have drama. These situations of a chase scene, that's an action scene mixed with drama. Think about it also that any of your chase scenes, along with your battle with your, um, your killer, is basically choreographed. So we have a little musical, if you would, playing there. They're like dancing that. off of each other. Just like a gunfight in any one of your action movies, it's actually been set out by someone who's done choreography. There's a spin move. There's a duck, there's a slide, there's a leap. These are all dance moves. So again, you've incorporated this into your horror movie. So you have to be well-rounded in understanding all genres to incorporate them to make a, a solid movie. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think people are under the assumption that, oh, horror movies are so easy to make. And I guess in theory they are, but really good ones, not so much. Yeah. It, it, it's go ahead, please. Oh, 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 I was just and, and there are plenty of stinkers out there, but but is it true though that some of these stinkers have become cult classics? Oh, yeah, oh, yes, let's let's face it. Um, I think everyone would say the burial ground movie that is kind of weird in its own sense, especially the tit scene. Um, just this bizarre scene that we got going on in that movie. Um, actually, a couple of times, really, if you think about it. Uh, okay, now everybody, they're listening to the podcast. 
Hey everybody, this is Eric with the Something Something Podcast, and I'm here today to tell you some cool news. We have decided to start a Patreon, and since we're new to the Patreon game, we're going to keep our tiers low, and we're only going to have two for right now. So, for $1 a month, you will get to hear the show on Monday, while the rest of the world has to wait till Friday. For $3 a month, you will get our monthly picks. That is where me and Larry will tell you about the movies, TV shows, video games, books, and music we are currently listening to. And hey, I just want to give a big thank you to our listeners for being the best part of the Something Something Podcast. And they're going to YouTube right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> looking it up. They're going. Oh, wait a minute. Baron's back in session again. This Baron class. Uh, we're now in 2.0 version, and Baron's going through everything for us. <laughs> I mean, look, in those films, you got that's the gore and disturbing aspect in the sob genre. It moves over to extreme. It's got the splatter, the torture, the cannibal. And of course, that also pulls in your zombies into that. You don't want to forget those poor souls out there that just get restless in the graves and going, I've got to get out. I've got to be me. And, you know, that's it. Well, and one other thing people don't give enough credit to is. Hara is always had the strongest female characters. I mean, everybody now is going on and on about, you know, strong female leads, Wonder Woman, uh, that horrible Ghostbusters reboot. But we we don't just have actresses. We have royalty. You know, we have scream yeah. queens. Yeah. Yes. Now, I mean, there goes Eric off on the Ghostbusters Three. I uh, can't wait for all, three. Yeah. F- first of all, that Ghostbusters remake one, there was a way to do it with the women involved in it. If you had just put that, say the the men were too old to really battle the ghosts, and the yeah. daughters, they were all the daughters of them. Just one of yeah. them. One of them yeah. be Egon's daughter, and nobody would have hated that movie. Yeah. Right? And that's why I said you made them the daughters, and everybody would have gone, ah, the the you know, they're too old really to go and battle these ghosts now. So here comes the new generation. They've been brought up by their fathers and they understand it all. It would have probably have helped. Kind of like, do you remember the extreme Ghostbusters cartoon that came out in like the late 90s? I remember hearing about it. I didn't watch it. It could have been like that. Yes. I mean, I, I can probably see some of that. I mean, again, I, I've read about it, but uh, I didn't see it. If someone asks me, Baron, did you ever watch any animation of horror? Yes. You can guess what it was. Go and tell us from the Crypt Keeper. It would be Scooby-Doo. Yeah, oh, that okay. is the gateway mm. for so many people. No one talks about that, though. Mm. Well, Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. just celebrated its 50th anniversary in September. If you're curious, there's a huge article I wrote on it on the Horror Times. Yes, actually, I was I was just looking at, at, at the Horror Times before uh, we got you on the show. Uh, talk a little bit about what that is, because uh, it's a plethora of... I mean, it's all kinds of stuff on there. And 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 like you were saying, you're the only writer now? Yes. Um, so I should back up. The 
when Rogue Cinema was starting to die off after 13 years, uh, and that was in June of 2017, I needed to find some new avenue. And basically, this came along. I put my information in on this and then didn't hear anything. Next thing I know, I'm getting the job to be an editor. The site is owned by somebody else. I always want to clarify that. I write. I the privilege of somebody else allowing me to do what I do. Uh, one of the main things I wanted was an avenue to allow me to do horror films that were really thrillers. Because thrillers is a subcategory of horror. It blends itself over many times. So, of course, it says, sure, why not? Now, this site, for you not familiar with it, covers the following things. It's just a few little things. Any site can have this, but mine has it all. We have articles and anniversaries. So if a film has hit its anniversary, such as uh, The Bat from 1959 that stars Vincent Price in it. By the way, just to let you know, the lead character there, he's, uh, he's dressed in black. He wears a fedora, and he's got these little claws on his hand. Hey, wait a minute. Doesn't it remind you of some other movie that up and coming up in a couple weeks here in November, celebrating the anniversary, came out in 1984? It's right. Nightmare on Elm Street. Hmm. Kind of interesting if you think about it. Also on the site, we do include the history of horror. We go week by week, and we go through all of it. We do who was born. Who died in the film? <coughs> now, this has been done on other sites, of course, but it's always been done incorrectly. I find numerous errors. So we are slowly rebuilding the history of horror. This will get more and more detail as it goes along. Then we have the new releases. Once again, people used to put these up on their sites, and then it got too much work. Guess what? Not for me. I do all this. We look down all the films. We look them up. We make sure the links work. If a trailer goes down, I work to put one up again. That's right. I've probably downloaded all the trailers. <laughs> I have them. Next up is press releases. The Baron here does get press releases, just not from uh, independent ones. And I don't copy my press releases off of Facebook. These are actual bona fide press releases sent out by other companies that I'll put up there. Wow. Then we have the film reviews. Some months this may only be three because of other constraints. And sometimes, like this month, we're tallying over 20. For September, there was over 20 reviews. In those, we have the DOAs. I'm familiar with the DOA? That's oh, easy. That is, that is candy to me, man. Those are my, those, oh, I love those. Have you still, have you checked out Satanic Meat Hook Massacre yet? It is on the list. Okay. There, there is no actual set order to the list, per se. <laughs> These are films that will rank below a 2.5 on an Internet Movie Database. These are films that are 1.0, 1.4s, <laughs> films that I have found in weirdest places possible. People have sent them to me, um, want them out of their collection. So in a DOA, I will rip apart. I will gut, stem to stern. I will slash it apart, dismember, decapitate, and just have a grand old time butchering the film from every which way. When we write along, of course, we do have our television reviews. People think, oh, series. No, I'm so sorry. We actually have television for the small screen that started out in the 60s and 70s era. Most recently, one of our high-ranking reviews was Satan's School for Girls 
from 1973, an Aaron Spelling project to be exact. Wow. And got over 5,000 views. By the way, we didn't tweet that one out either. We just launched that one and see what happens. And that's where it went. Next wow. up, our book reviews. Uh, we do both non... I We... I... Somebody else just tells me where everything is and gives it to me, basically. Look what you got in the mail, a new book. Uh, so right here we have Unleashed by E.L. Jefferson. He is um, a very interesting gentleman, to say the least. Incredible background. I've been asked not to bring it up, and I will not. Uh, but and let's just put it this way. The man has seen a lot in his 30 years on doing a certain profession. You can all speculate in your minds what that profession is. But it's a, uh, it's a good one. He still doesn't know what I do for a living, and he's come up with a lot of scenarios. So it's always interesting. Next up is our metal news and metal press releases. We get quite a few of those, and some of them tally over three thousand hits each. Wow. Music reviews. I do both retro and new. Um, and uh, then we have the archive reviews, and those archive reviews are just that. Ones I've published on other sites. It's been slightly updated given a little bit more punch because other sites censored a little bit. So we up it a little bit. What's not included this month and will be included probably in the upcoming months will be a comic book review on horror, a soundtrack review, and of course a game review. I do the game reviews that are on your, uh, your Android phones, if you would, those free apps. You know, if you wanted someone who's willing to write for free to write about console games, I might have a guy who's who's really into horror video games. Well, we're always willing to have another writer on the site. It would be so much fun to have somebody else on the site. I know. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll pass along your info to him. What if that that person's crazy, I was about to say. That's okay. okay. I'm quite disturbed myself, so it's fine. (laughs) Oh, and Larry, just to let you know, there is not one podcast I run. There are eight. Yeah, he's got us beat. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to. How in the world? Okay, so eight podcasts. So, uh, well, where can they be heard, and how can you listen to them? Okay, so. Let's just go down of a kind of a now. Obviously, there are seven days a week, so obviously we've got to figure out how's Baron do this trick. <coughs> Baron has some of these go off once a month and every other month because of the type of music. So what do we have? Well, let's just get right into it. On uh, say a typical Tuesday, and uh, we're not doing it tonight. We'll be moving it to a different day. Is Shreddy Metal Beast? Shreddy Metal Beast is celebrating its fifth anniversary, and just to put it this way, this is metal. This is thrash. This is speed metal. This is heavy metal. Some power thrown in there, obviously. A little smattering, if you would, of metal. Now, then we have on Thursday nights, Sinister Death. Now, let's put this into a really simple understanding. This is where black metal and death metal were having a fighting match against each other, and Grindcore came in and decided to stab them both through the heart at the same time. This is an offensive show. This show is an abomination to decency and has been slammed by 20 Christian groups, which I always say, thank you. I aim to please. We have our infamous Mother's Day show, and that begins with the letter C and ends in the letter T. You can figure out what that show is all about. We have shows that are just extreme, all the way offensive and then some. So there's that show. 
Then, of course, the Bears trip usually comes out on the Fridays. Of course, then we also want to move into, we thought, well, Saturday seems to be such a dull night of the week. So we have Screaming Horror. Screaming Horror is psycho Billy kind of music, really uh, either music that's uh, inspired by the horror films. Then, of course, on Sundays, occasionally, there's Hard Rock Madness. That's basically, obviously, kind of uh, hard rock, sleazy metal, if you would, that kind of thing. I don't curse in that show. It's the only one I don't. Why? There's a bet going on. When will I drop a mother fudger or a clock sucker on that show? You just don't know when it's going to really happen. <laughs> now, nope. is it you like doing like a DJ playing, you know, like the music or is it talking about the music? Uh, for the most part, it's me playing the music. So let me finish this off and you'll understand just how much music the Baron has compared to others. It'll help you're all sitting down and maybe drinking. Um, then we have Synth Pathways, which is obviously synth wave music, dark wave, dungeon wave, all that kind of such thing. Then we have Mysterious Void. Mysterious Void is gothic. Gothic and industrial, if you will. You enter the void and you just kind of let go of colors and everything else. And most people think I'm high when I'm doing a show. I am not. Drunk? Yes. High? No. <laughs> totally different thing. And uh, then there is Unleashing um, Harv. Uh, Unleashing Horrors is the Horror Times kind of uh, press show. We give you all the information about upcoming releases, where you should spend your money, where you shouldn't, and what films are coming out. Now people say, oh, well, that's easy to find out. Really? You mean you know what movie's coming out in 2021? Wow, you're special. I do. <laughs> I doubt you do, because I guarantee Bloody Disgusting, The Horror Society, and I Horror, the top ones, are not even talking about those movies. But I do. And as you, mm. as Eric wanted to know about the music, it's simple. On an FM, you're basically old-fashioned radio, FM ones. You had about 120,000 tracks at an 80% heavy rotation. Satellite radio, well, they got access to about 165,000 tracks, maybe northbound of 180,000 tracks. And they're going to play it at about 60% heavy rotation, if you ever noticed that. I, well, my number's a little bit different. <laughs> I have access to over 300,000 tracks. Oh, my goodness. Over 335 labels worldwide. Yes, Larry, wow. I love your eyes just lighting up there. <laughs> His eyes are just like, oh, my God, the headlights of the truck are coming and my foot's caught. Damn it. That's right. That's how much music I have. I get about 1,000 songs a week delivered to me. Wow. Wow. Actually, that's, a, that's, that, that's part of my next so I'm sure you get I just want to ask one thing really quick. Another thing, you'll always strike me as a guy who's into vinyl. Do you got a pretty big vinyl collection? Actually, I do. My vinyl collection are uh, the horror movie soundtracks. Ooh. Uh, my collection is probably about 150 albums that are all limited edition ones. For example, I have Goblin's Suspiria one. That was put out. They only made two hundred and fifty of those at a cost of two hundred fifty dollars a piece. Whoa! Well, and wow. I have a big box set, so I I got that one. Some of them have been sent to me that I didn't have to pay for, and others I bought. The Baron's collection is highly insured, and the collection is over seven hundred pieces easily. Jeez! Wow! Dude. It dates wow. back to nineteen forty six with a lobby card for the Haunted Strangler. A film that most people never even heard of. It's the most obscure card I have in my collection. 
I am I'm <laughs> blown away. Um, yeah, uh, not, of course, including all the lobby cards, movie stills, inserts, half sheets and full sheets, 40 by 60 sheets. That's right. The Baron's got the big, large ones and including the vinyl banners. Ooh. Uh, how do first edition I'm, I'm, books <laughs> of horror? How do you have room in your house to move around? It's carefully stacked and packed. <laughs> it's called layering. Uh, this is something I do want to put out, and I, and if you allow me just to do this for a moment, I notice a lot of millennials out there and people who don't know about collecting will do this one thing, and it drives me up a wall. When you're doing your unboxing. Unless you buy two of what you've bought, don't take the figurine out of the box, Eric. Oh, I always, I <laughs> like I my stuff. You, out on it. you did it for Night of the Creeps when you took the Tom Atkins figurine yeah. out of the box. I wanted to jump through the screen and just hit you over the head. <laughs> I like letting my stuff breed. Tom Atkins, oh, he is perfectly comfortable on my Bruce Campbell shrine. As I look to my right right now in my my office, which everybody knows my office is called the chamber, that's where awesome. the books and the vinyl and all that is kept, that's called the crypt. These rooms have names. They're very distinct. So here in the office, I'm looking up. We have Leatherface, an 18-inch one that's in pristine collection. The McFarlane? Which one? The McFarlane Leatherface? Yeah. Wow. Along with the McFarlane, for that one across the room, we have... Pinhead and Chatter. We also have, of course, from McFarlane, the King Kong version, which was from the 1933. And, of course, moving around the room, we do have Sam, Chucky, uh, Vincent Price. We all, I also have here two Lionel train cars, one for Friday the 13th and one for Nightmare on Elm Street. You can see, even horror trains I have. That is uber cool yeah it's a collection that people just go they just look at this room and they go oh god he's got it all you're <laughs> rivaling on Diemo del toro's collection with his house ah the bleak house yes yeah. uh incredible house um most of the time he only opens it to um very rare when he does do a fundraiser to generate money for different causes He'll invite people in and you, you buy a $200 ticket and you get to roam around for a couple of hours. Otherwise, it's just left open to the artists that work on his films. And I, I think, well, that's okay for him. He's got all that money. I don't have all that money yet. I have a massive collection. So I'm really good at what I do, too. You've got a YouTube, Deyamo Del Toro's house, Larry. It's uh, yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um. It, it's absolutely how do you okay so it's funny because you're talking about all this collectible stuff and i'm sitting here thinking how do you get it and then i think about me and eric talking about his vhs his dawson creek collection <laughs> no i have the dawson's creek mystery books all three of them and my vhs collection is coming along very well thank you for the horror right well, I'm it, trying to collect all of the Scream ripoff movies yeah, of yeah. the late 90s and yeah. early 2000s. Yeah. And, you know, so we're talking about this and going back and forth about eBay and whether he should buy it for $20 or whatever. 
what about how do you collect or how have you collected all your stuff, Baron? Because that's amazing. Um, basically, I've been quite fortunate. Um, different people I've known throughout the years, they've uh, they've bequeathed their um, collection to me. Uh, some of them have passed away due to other circumstances in life. And they go, look, I don't want to sell it on eBay. I don't want to divide it up. I know that you will give it a good home. You will make sure it's in a smoke-free environment. The sunlight won't hit it. There won't be any problems. And they're right. The collection is insured. Uh, it is an actual insured insurance that I have that goes up 2% a year because as a collector, I'm always buying. So it always increases. It's a legit insurance. Um, I have gotten things through auctions. I've gotten things through certain places that sell movie posters. And when they get horror in, they know <coughs> you call the Baron first. Or yeah. they get a poster in and they go, I don't know if this horror or not. We call the Baron and he'll be able to tell us not only about this piece, but the quality of it, the film background, everything we want to know. So cool. they just give me a call. I've even been called to certain people's houses, believe it or not that they found the uncle had a huge horror and Halloween collection and they were quite of the religious persuasion and they thought it was all satanic. <laughs> and someone said, well, this guy will come out and bless your home and he'll take it all off your hands at the same time. Awesome. And I scooped up a major swath of it from there. But wow. I've been quite fortunate. Um, I don't have any children that I know of. And <laughs> when I do make money, I probably will find out that, hey, I do have children. You've got a bunch. Um, and then I'll be like, damn, how did that happen? But I'll, I'll really know how that happened. Um, then I'll just have to figure out how many to work. <sighs> so I, I, it's like I want to win the lottery, but I don't want to win the lottery. It's, it's a dangerous <laughs> world. I'll, I'll probably spend all the money before I get it uh, on horror because that's what I do. I mean, some of my actual prized parts of my collection are films that, well, one movie, for example, Shocker. Was crazy. Love that movie so much. You, Eric, let me ask you something. What is your favorite movie that you, if you could collect pieces to, would be which one? Well, right now I'm trying doing a big scream collection. Okay. I'm trying I, to get. I'm looking for one movie, not a collection. What? Oh, one movie? Man, one movie. That's a tough one. Okay, um, you think about it. We'll get back to you in a moment. Yeah. Because Larry's eyes are still lighting up like, oh my God, I'm touching the <laughs> somehow it's still alive. So, Shocker, for example, I have both the U.S. version, the Egyptian poster, the Belgium poster, the French, the Spanish, the Italian, the German. I have some of them signed. Um, I have wow. the press book, the press kit, um, the vinyl album, the sound track which is megadeth and the bands and then of course oh, yeah. the score those are two different things folks not the same thing um so yes i have all these pieces to this massive collection for this one film including the script um mm -hmm. the one i also have that's a lot of people want and they've tried to either buy it for me or they have asked for it to be given to them upon my death is return of the living dead I have the move, all the uh, trick-or-treat masks. I love a Halloween mask. I've got all kinds of masks throughout the house. Um, and I have the <laughs> all kinds. I even have the press books from Japan and China. Oh, man. 
Wow. Signed by Linda Quigley. Whoa. Yes, we had a great conversation. Uh, it seems that we share some of the same charities in part. Now, people always go, wow, these are great things to have. And said, how do you get these things? How do you get these great interviews? I'm going to let you in on a little secret. It's not really a secret. It's kind of easy. When you go to a con, think about what you're bringing. Just think about it. What do you bring? Do you bring the same poster that everyone else has? Probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I bring the unusual piece. Yes. The unusual piece. For example, at the New Jersey Horror Con that happened in October, just a few weeks back, in fact, I got to see George uh, Winter. Now, George Winter, a lot of people remember him for being in Spaceballs. They had a Spaceballs reunion at a horror con. I'm still trying to figure that out. But yeah, I... <laughs> we'll get to that if you want to. Here's the part. I brought him the 1976 Italian insert poster of Dogs, his first film. Oh, now, wow. if you don't remember Dogs, don't worry. Most people don't. <laughs> Although there's a review of it on the Hard Times. Now, Dogs is just what you think is. A bunch of dogs go really crazy and start biting the hell out of each other. And, of course, a college campus. Boy, That's they it. just chewed down and got into it all. And I showed George this poster. First, he never saw one. Two, I spent 25 minutes with him. And it was a great time. All he wanted to do was talk about this film, the making of it, everything. That's so cool. And you got people behind me who are going, I got a poster for Spaceballs. And I'm going, <laughs> or somebody had a poster for Devil's Advocate. And they go, Devil's Advocate, he's in that movie for two and a half minutes. That's it. That's all he's in there for. So I don't know what you're doing there. Um, so with the Dogs poster, it was a great time. I got to see him through the weekend. I mean, he got right back up and says, yeah, you had the dog's poster. And I went, heel, heel. That's Good funny. Boy. Stay. <laughs> and, and he's just laughing about it and loving it. And it was a great kind of, you know, back and forth. Uh, another great poster I, I, I got signed there, just to kind of throw this out, was Friday the 13th, part seven. In my thing, I like part seven. I just do. I think some of the special effects in that film are fantastic. We get to see Jason's spine. Come yeah. on. That's, that's one of those really great scenes. Now, I got John Carl Blucher to sign that particular poster at a New Jersey horror con wow. six months prior to his death. Mm. Now, you think about this. Now, take that in there for a moment. Then I got Terry Kaiser at the recent con to sign it. As he's signing his name, he notices that John's name is on there also. Wow. Goes, oh, look, John signed it. I said, yes, he signed it. Six months later, he was dead. He died. He <laughs> his con. The con that you were at. <laughs> and he's looking at me going, I guess you're really not going to miss that next doctor's appointment, huh? And he's <laughs> looking at me going, no, I'm not. I've got to make the appointment. Full physical? Yes. <laughs> yes. And there, there's Terry just going, it's finished. He's on his day. He goes, no, thanks, Terry. That's great. And he's just going, I want to get a picture with you in case I die. Someone will know what happened. Like, problem. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Terry was quite um, alarmed. I mean, I did tell him about his character. I said, your character, the one you played there, was a total ass. <laughs> you know, total dick. And you may say, well, that's offensive. 
actually know an actor wants to hear that from you. Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Yeah. It's a simple reason. That means he did his job effectively. Yeah. Like him? Perfect. That's what he wants to hear. And he, yeah. he laughed about it. And people are, you just insulted them. You know, one of the you just insulted them. <laughs> I did not get offended. <laughs> I deserve that. I earned that. And I like that. He was very happy. And then that's afterwards I did tell him that, you know, six months later, you could die. Uh, <laughs> which will make anybody start going, I don't know if I want to sign posters with you. <laughs> you know, you said, but I paid it. So you have to sign. You know, so. <laughs> so, Ben, after all this, I mean, man, oh, man, you have got you. I mean, you've got a plate as big as the world, I think, because all the stuff that you're doing. Um, and well, I think no, see, I don't have a plate, I don't have a platter, I have a buffet table. I was gonna say that, <laughs> okay? It's a buffet table, and I hate to tell you this, it's a buffet table, and Weight Watchers groups isn't meeting that week, and that table <laughs> is just full on being restocked every second with every <laughs> juicy item you can think of, and then we've got a buffet table for the desserts. Okay, that's great. We've got a seafood tower just waiting for the shrimp to jump off and land on your plate. Jumbo There's style. a whole home, hometown buffet. That's, that's right. right. That's and even right. that's not enough for you. <laughs> yeah, I get in another room just chopping up something to give the other people out there. Because let's face it, hey, some people like their meat a certain way, and other people like it another way. Cannibalism could be good for people. <laughs> that's, that's right. How can people like um, so can indie authors like book writers and filmmakers send you stuff? Always like to review. Okay. Yes. Uh, in fact, okay. and, and, and this is something I do want to put out there. In all the years I've been doing this, all the films that have been sent to me on private links, all the music that gets sent to me, none of it has ever been shared. Ever. I don't get it out. It never gets out. Um, the Baron sits behind multiple firewalls, 16 letter alphanumeric codes of, of password protection. Uh, multiple terror drives sit offline. Why? Because when I want them, I plug them in. I'll take the music I have stored on them and then I unplug <laughs> them. Everything is guarded. Yeah. Wow. But yes, filmmakers constantly send me films. They're constantly going, Baron, can I send you the DVD? I go, great. They'll send me DVDs. They'll send me T-shirts, swag. And they send me more than that. Eric knows this one. I do giveaways. Yeah. Wow. Eric got a special one. Yeah, I know. The way I got... <laughs> Funny story, when you sent me that package, I had to pick it up and then go with my mom and wait for her to finish a thing at the courthouse here in Lodi. So I was looking at the box and wanting to open. I was like, but man, is my mom going to get in trouble because of the parking tickets? Would it be wrong if I open this now? <laughs> you were like a little kid on Christmas going, I want to open this right now. Yeah, yeah. You're probably shaking it a little bit. Going, <laughs> It's moving. There's some pieces here. So and, and I always tell people, I just don't send out a DVD. Any any site will send out DVDs. You send a lot of cool stuff. I, I'll send out a DVD, uh, maybe a CD, comic book. And these could be older comic books that I'm going to send out. I go out and I go, you know what? Uh, this is a nice issue. I like this one myself. Let me, let me get another one for somebody. And I'll have that duplicate or something. And I go, hey, here you go. Just put that in the box. What I, for Eric, I sent him a 
a press um, yeah. for the movie, I think it was Midnight, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, yeah. And that's a rarity. That's a John Russo movie. And, um, of course, I didn't send you the one that was signed by John. Sorry. Of course. Uh, <laughs> that's mine was signed. So uh, that's my collection. Uh, I had a spare, and uh, I sent that. And John was one of those things where he went, oh, wow, there wasn't many of these made. And I was like, yes, I know. And so, how many do you have? I said, I have a couple. Just a couple. <laughs> so now Eric has one. Yeah. But so yeah, how can there's a lot? How how is what is the easiest way? Like before we wrap up, what is the easiest way to to get a hold of you? Because you have a, a lot of uh, you've got a lot of handles. Um, and so <laughs> I, two two questions. Go. Um, What's the easiest way people can get in contact with you to send not only movies or books, but you also do music as well? So what is the easiest way to contact you? Go on Facebook. Find Baron Craze. All right. That's your first maneuver. That's going to be your best way to find me. Uh, send me a message. <laughs> send me an email. If, you, if I don't respond, don't get upset. I've got a lot going on. I get yeah. about 200 emails a day. Oh my all God. Right? I have to sort through that. Now, if you got Gmail, you know this one. The first page only holds 100. Yeah. So, you know, you're already buried in there somewhere. I will get to it. It just may take some time. If it's really urgent and you're saying, okay, I've got a movie and I really want Baron to review it, then you're going to do that. You're going to get in contact. Now, I do also want to put this out to the filmmakers because this is important. And, and the bands already know it. The bands already know. Go to, they go on to uh, Twitter. They'll message me there or they'll go to the Shred Metal Beast page. They're well ahead of this game. They know exactly what they're doing. They give me the permission. I will freely promote the music on the shows for them. Wow. Not a problem. Now, for the filmmakers, I do promote. It is a business. I don't do it for free. Yeah. I can't do it for free anymore. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, it's a buffet table. Okay? And the line is out the door. So it's a cheap price. And there's price for everything. And I'll give you a quick example. If you got a movie, you got to have a tagline. A tagline is three to five words. The Baron comes up with taglines. Not one. I'll get you five. Depending on where in the world you are, your tagline's got to be able to be translated nicely. Because if you don't do it right, you're going to piss somebody off and they're not yeah. going to be happy. And especially in today's world, not going to have a safe space. Now, for <laughs> two, and this is a little one for everybody out there. You like your movies? I'm going to give you a, a little inside tip. It maybe will save you a few dollars. Are you ready for it? Yes. Everybody's ready for that when they go, save me money? Yes. If you go to see a movie anywhere, I don't care, online, anywhere else, and it's got this tagline, <laughs> from the producers of think of your favorite movie inserted and by the director who did this movie okay don't watch the movie <laughs> the reason is we are trying to plant in your mind that movie you liked yeah you like that other movie i don't care just pick your favorite movie put it into your head right now whatever it is yes i like that movie guess what this ain't that movie yeah. That means the marketing team could not come up with a tagline for the movie. It was that bad. <laughs> the truth or dare. 
Trusted Dare has got a grand total of over 20 taglines. <laughs> 20 taglines. You know what that means? They didn't know what to do. Yeah. One of the taglines is actually a question mark. <laughs> the question mark should be, you paid me how much money? And I came up with a tagline of a question mark. Well, if that's the case, I got an exclamation point. <laughs> Hell, I'll give you I'll give you five, you know, I'll give look, I'll give you four hat little hashtag signs and exclamation point. <gasps> you could imagine what all those words could be. <laughs> wow. I mean, seriously, that's actually what you can look it up yourselves. There's a tagline for two to there that's a question mark. <laughs> you imagine the marketing on that film. Okay. It's kind of like it's kind of like when you watch Elf, they go picture this, and it's like an onion or what is it, a carrot or a broccoli, right? right? And, That's... And there you go. So, and by the way, that movie cost three point five million dollars to make, and it made ninety five point three million dollars. Elf. Now here's one. No, else. fruit or dare. Oh. <laughs> and here you also go. Everybody always talks about Halloween twenty eighteen. How much money it made. Understand something first. The film cost $10 million to make, but the marketing on the yeah. film is $30 million. Wow. Right? Now, let's understand something about math really quick so everyone gets a good understanding of this one. If the film makes $40 million, the film didn't make any money. Not You're still all, in yeah. the hole. You're at zero. Yeah. You got to make another 40 to make back that money. That's okay. what's going on with Terminator right now. It pretty much flopped. Yes. And by the way, let's not even go down the Terminator road because there's a problem in the film. There is a real simple thing. Okay. In the first one, we get the Terminator comes back and we get all this and he's trying to kill this one person and no problem. And he fails. So what are we going to do? We're going to send back another Terminator. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You basically know you failed the first time. Why are you sending one yeah. back? Why don't you send a thousand back? Well, I'm not going to see the new one because I know the spoiler already. And it yeah, really it upset me. It's movies. It's the same story. Yeah. Okay. All right. We got rid of Edward Furlong. We understand that. That was interesting enough. We don't have to worry about him anymore. Spoiler. Sorry. Um, Do you know there. about that, Larry? What? The whole thing with this new Terminator? <laughs> or, uh, no. Oh, can I, can I, you, you don't, you already know it too, right, Baron? Yeah. You know how our whole lives we've grown up knowing that John Connor, you know, JC is the savior of the human race. Right. Well, they do a CG Edward Furlong in the beginning of this new movie and John Connor gets killed by a T1, by a, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator, and now it's this new savior and a new machine army called Legion. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is another thing. See, here the Baron gets something that's really special. I get all these press kits, and I get all this inside information, all these certain trailers and everything else, and interviews, and, and this all goes into the marketing that I'm given to go, how am I going to market this film? And everything gets water tagged and, and watermarked and everything else. Okay. So, you know, they watch how, okay, that's how he's marketing. That's his angle. He's researched the film. He took all the information in and that's what I'm going with it. It's, it's just like when I meet a filmmaker 
the, and the big stars, if you would, okay? People always go, how do you come up with the questions, Baron? Oh, it's simple. I've read every single interview they've ever done. I've loaded all the questions. So I load up a new set of questions. Because the point of an entire interview is to find out new information. Hence, uh, on this show, you learn something new from these guys. they got great things to talk about. They don't keep rehashing anything. They don't keep going, well, let's, it's Friday the 13th. Let's talk about Friday the 13th movies <laughs> again. Or it's Halloween. Let's just talk about all the Halloween movies again each week, by the way. Again, the yeah. same stuff over and over and over. Mm. No, it's new. Just like I do them with the Baron Script Show. It's always new. It's always something new. It's always something new you can talk about in horror. That's why you always want to tune into really good sh podcast shows and not some of the lame ones out there. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to plug you guys so well. Sorry. Oh, that's Because <laughs> <laughs> Larry's going along with Naughty. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We're out here, man. <laughs> no, I, Aaron, Baron, I tell you what, man. You, it has actually been like you've taken me to school. And I'm, I've, I've had the pleasure. Yeah, this was great. And, and listening to your vast knowledge of not not just horror but really film and film in general because honestly you know like to be a historian of, of horror is really to be a historian of film it seems like to me um yes. because you, you have to know everything about everything just like what you were saying and um i tell you what man i i'm in the process slowly but surely i want to send you my short hopefully when I get done with it and I want you to, to give like a little review, I think it'll only be like five or 10 minutes, but you know, like just, just knowing like your knowledge and everything of like the horror, I, I just want to send it to you and just like get torn apart, ripped apart, whatever you want to do with it. But, um, well, but that, that's the one thing I do a review. It's an honest review. It really is. I try to find the positive in the film, the, the things that were good. A, a, a brand new filmmaker releases a movie. It's brand new. He's never made a full-length feature in his life. He's right out the gate. Guess what? I'm not going to rip you apart like that. It's not nice. I want to see to encourage you. Now, you make five movies and you haven't approved? Oh, then I'm going to lay out the knives. <laughs> and just to purely let you understand knives, I collect those two. Yeah, I remember <laughs> you were showing me that last time we talked. Yes, uh, right sitting next to me. You know how they always say, could you pick up whatever object you have to your media right? To my media right sits a Buckmaster 120 general with a blood slit 10 inch long. Now, hunters don't like to carry this because it's too damn big for most hunters. But then again, see, I'm basically 6'5", and this thing looks dwarfed on my thigh. <laughs> so I have that. To the opposite side of my body here i also have the buckmasters um 110 it's slightly smaller but it also got a blood slit in it and both are deadly sharp behind me of course sits a fireman's axe <laughs> often basically say at three o'clock maybe a little further down we do have a nice ice pick hook <laughs> man I can I can just imagine I get yes your your office what do you call it again the chamber the chamber I could see why it's called the chamber and I can yeah. almost envision like all these cool like 
collectibles and knives and just all kinds of cool stuff, man. Well, uh, pretty much in, in every corner in most of my house sits a knife waiting. Ah, uh, man. You know what? Actually, I want to put this thing I got for here. One, one last thing. And this yes. happened at the New Jersey Horicon, which, uh, again, was an interesting event. Um, they had the true state of horror and pop culture. I'll just let it go there. Uh, I got to write the article on it, and the article will be 3,000 words. It'll be very visual. If you didn't go read the article, you'll think you went. That's how I write. It's very visual. Yeah, I got to I gotta credit you for that. It does feel like you're there when you read your stuff. Yes. I, I'm. When the event starts, and one person tried to do this one year with me at a con, they wanted to see what it was like to be press. I said, great. See me on Saturday. You'll get a full, full you know, attack mode. So we're, we went in, and this was at a different con. We went, started at 10. I'm there ready to go at 9. <laughs> I'm downstairs. I'm ready. The cameras are loaded. The batteries are set. Multiple batteries. The card I have inside the cameras is a 32-gig card. It's nice. set, loaded. I have backup batteries, obviously. We were on the floor, I was at least, from 10 a.m., well, 9 and I didn't get off the floor until after two o'clock in the morning. Ooh, whoa. I was there the entire time. And they said, wait a minute, one person, <coughs> I gotta eat. Well, <clears throat> I brought my meal with me. I brought nice Langen Jagger uh, beef meat. And they go, what, what the hell is that? I said, hunters, hikers, and rock climbers <laughs> use this. We cut it up and we chew it. It's pure protein. It just fires up the system. A little water with it afterwards, you're flying. You're just set sailing and gone. I didn't leave the floor. I covered everything. That's why at the New Jersey Horicon, they go, Baron's a one-man wrecking machine. He's going to map out where he's going to be, when he's going to be there, and how he's going to get there. For example, I cover the, the film festival at this thing. Just to kind of throw this out there. I cover this thing. I have a mic next to me that's recording everything. It's a one-directional mic. It gets everything. It's perfect. I sit there with my phone to video the whole thing. My camera is loaded, ready already into the right setting mode, and I'm firing off shots. I'm doing all this, and everybody else is going, how does he do that? I can't <laughs> figure that out. He sits at the perfect angle. He's got the perfect seat in the house. That's right, because I went to the film fest, and the film fest is where the award show is. Yeah. Shocking, isn't it? I just move my way up to the front row eventually, I take two seats. No one has ever bothered me about my two seat taking. You know why? Well, it's simple. Number one, I'm the Baron. <laughs> Number one. Number two, I'm press. Number three, we can have a discussion. When I put down my seal tape boots on your little sneakers and hurt your <laughs> feet, and I stand up and I look at you and I go, okay, you're now talking to my chest. I still don't see you. Okay? I learned how to take photos at the truck down in the pit where the crowd is trying to leap over the fence. You got other camera people there. You got these things called elbows. <laughs> face elbow. Right, that's got a nice sharp point there. You just put that. No problem. Okay? Get a good understanding. Then put it this way. Where I wear a suit jacket. The suit jacket for me is 75 inches. <laughs> I'm that damn big. <laughs> I will crush you if I need to. You get in my shot. You will know what pain is. Because <laughs> I know where to hit. 
and not leave a mark. Because I was trained by a U.S. Marine in hand-to-hand combat at age of 15. So I can't oh, fix man. Man, right, oh, Just man. to get that understood. But the point is, when I talk to the, the stars, it's all about learning something new. Just come up with a new question. Read something about them. Don't ask them the same dumb question. What was it like to be playing the character Nancy? Shit, it was her first day in movie that she was doing with that. She just did the movie. Bruce Campbell is the king of answering those questions. You watch him on YouTube, it's hilarious. Oh, look, the, the, truly the probably the best one I ever saw answer questions is George Clooney. Because he just fires off a whole bunch of answers, and then you ask the questions, and he doesn't care what questions he, the answers he gave to the question, the questions. You, he, you could say, "Are you and Matt Damon getting it on?" He goes, and his one that third question down was yes. He didn't care. Yes, no. I had coffee. I spilled it on somebody, and I wrecked a Maserati. He doesn't care. He just is having fun with it all. That's just what you have to do. You have to have fun with it. It's all about that. Just got to have it. Now, I mean, like I said, the show was the show. You read the article, you make up your mind. There was good, there was bad. No, no show is perfect. And just because I say something negative doesn't mean I hated your show. Just is the way. Just like I said with the filmmakers. Just because your first film you sent me, it may have a few problems. The things that are most important in a film, they're simple. Get your sound correct. If you don't have your sound right, don't film. Just stop. If you can't get that right, I got we got problems. All right. If you can't figure out how to set up the framing shot, don't have five feet of space above the guy's head. I don't <laughs> need to see the wall unless it's really damn important. Okay. And don't cut <laughs> off the top of the head. I wouldn't see the person actually talking there. Try to make sure that you didn't drink too much coffee in the morning so the camera's shaking all over the place. We really don't need to have another Blair Witch situation going on, <laughs> especially funny. if we're not supposed to. I mean, it's different if you're trying to film in the middle of a typhoon and you're on a boat and it's rocking all over the place. Fine. If you're going to do that, please, let's make the background look like it's a typhoon. Not really funny. It helps out. Next thing is, if you see your crew or somebody in your crew's hair is in the shadow... Let's make sure it's doing something great. And if it isn't, maybe you can make it look like some sort of insects are coming out of his hair and the shadow looks pretty cool. Kind of give us a kind of weird Kubrick environment going on there. And we're all kind of spacing out on you. Okay. Now, we got those two things figured out. Three, really. Let's also worry about light. Lighting's important. If you can't light the situation right, then turn it into a black and white. It's really simple. Or make it in shadows. If you don't have the money for the big creature feature moment, hide the creature. Keep it yeah. hidden for as long as possible. Look at Jaws. They don't show that shark for most of the damn movie. Why? Because yeah. it didn't work. Yeah. And the only reason that Spielberg got to really make that movie is because at the time, at the time, Universal is having a powwow match at the headquarters. They're knocking out each other left and right. There was all kinds of arguments going on. They forgot about the account. They literally forgot about it. The money was left in there. He finds out all oh, hell is breaking loose. What did you know? He took the money out of the account and put it in a different account. 
because he knew that someday a bean counter called an accountant is going to find out, hey, that was a movie. <laughs> that guy Spielberg, what happened to all that money in that account? But it's, you know, that guy, he wants to be the head of this universal, even if it's for 48 hours. At least he's there. He was the head. There you go. So again, hide the monster. Now, once you've done all these things, try to understand two things. They're very important. Your budget. Understand your budget limitations. Figure out your budget. You only got 100 bucks? Okay. Maybe make a silent movie. Because let's face it, unless your actress is really damn good, she's going to have a scream. It's going to sound like an owie cat. And it's going to be really bad. <laughs> I have slammed actresses in the past, and they get mad at me, and I go, well, I'm sorry, but you're not going to be the next Meryl Streep. I guarantee it. You're not going to be it. It's over. Someone has got to pour the coffee. That can be you. You're not going to be moving up the food chain. Somebody's got to do these jobs. Someone's got to clean the toilet. I'm sorry. It's got to happen. Oh, my God. Okay? Now, while you're at it, so you got your, your actors got to be figured out there. But again, back to your budget. Figure out your locations. What can you get for free? What can you get that you can get easily out of and easily into without alerting the police? Now, what do I mean by that? <clears throat> don't pull up five cars out of a house that says no trespassing. I'm sorry, you're all going to have to go on a little walk. And you want to make sure your gear is light enough because, well, you might have to run. It just needs to. It, it's just one of those things. Unless you got somebody that can probably talk fast enough for the cops and get you out of the trouble. Like if you're down <laughs> south or something, you want to make sure you can really handle it. Because you all got this way about yourselves sometimes up here. Because I'm just out here just early today. Somebody blew the damn horn at me. And down where I come from, you blow the horn. I know. <laughs> I get out of the car. I don't care if I'm at a red light or a green light. I get out. I got to come back and talk to you because we must know each other. Of course, I do tell people a lot of times out there that they are the number one jackass of the moment. You may call it I give you the bird. I just give a finger because I decided the other one is going to be stuck up my nose. And I needed to use the other one to tell you something. And they just <laughs> the one jackass. Don't worry. Five minutes later, I guarantee someone's going to be doing something else. Oh you know, driving around these streets up here in Jersey a lot of times makes me feel like a long-tailed cat, room full of rocking chairs, and guess what? All Wave Watchers are just laid out, and they're all got to sit down on those rocking chairs. Oh, darn my tail. Woo! Oh. It, it, it sounds like... <laughs> you know what? It sounds so blown out of proportion, but it's so true. And I'm sitting here laughing. I'm cracking up at everything that you're saying because that's what people do. That's what people and it's just it's kind of like how Ed Wood would put something together. But Ed Wood does a yeah. better job. It sounds like yeah, he knew what he had and that's what he did with. And and it's just like on my show, a lot of people go, wow, you, you drop into the southern. I go. Yeah, I'll drop into the Southern, then I can become a two-year-old for you in a couple seconds later, which is kind of nice. I do it just like this, and it's really interesting. I just like to talk about Scooby-Doo all the time. Right, Mikey? We're, we're, we're doing a show now, okay? Okay, Barry, I'm sorry. All right, thank you. Oh. Love it. Boy, I love it. Now, boy, you need to be quiet now. All right, Mary. All right, all right. Okay. I love it. Oh, my God. Oh, my okay. God, Baron. You're absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. um, this, this is what, what I do for shows. Well, I, I tell you what, you know, and um, maybe maybe towards the end of the year, which is what in a couple months. Yeah. Maybe if if maybe we'd like to have you back on and talk about like like, I don't know, your top five of, of 2019 um, I'll, music. I'll give you one better. I'll give you my top five 
and I'll give you my bottom five. Okay. okay. That sounds Perfect. fun. Perfect. Because let's face it, no one really wants to be at the bottom. <laughs> of course, Mummy Reborn is already on, on its clear-cut way of getting there. Mummy Reborn came out in t- this year, and folks, let me tell you, it is already descending quite fast. That movie sucks. <laughs> what movie? I didn't hear you right. Uh, Mummy Reborn. Oh, yeah, I heard about that one. That's, uh, who put that out? It's right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, it doesn't matter who put it out. Oh. Don't talk <laughs> about it, okay? Just, just get it off the tip of your tongue. Uh, the Mummy Reborn um, was put out by High Octane. Oh, okay. I know this because I reviewed the movie. Some people go, why didn't you make it a DOA? And I said, well, I knew somebody in the film, and I just couldn't do that right to them at that moment. Don't worry. We'll revisit the film probably later and kill it because um, it just needs to be. It's just one of those movies. It just is that damn bad. Um, to tell the mummy story, the mummy story doesn't work for modern audiences. It's a slow-building film. It just is. Uh, Hammer Studios did a good job in 1959. Universal did a fantastic job in 32. Tom Cruise film couldn't, because <laughs> Tom Cruise film is better than this movie, and wow. that's saying something, okay? Because Tom that said a lot. If you look at that, that destroyed a possible franchise. <laughs> yes, the Dark Universe. Yeah. But in a way, it was good that it destroyed. Now, yeah. Universal makes the mistake of going down that path because they pick the slow telling story instead of one that you could tell a bit faster. Dracula, Frankenstein, uh, the family opera. You could tell a little bit faster. The mummy, he's already moving slow. Of course, now we of course got a female mummy and we got an airplane and you know, you got all the sp- CGI work everywhere. Um, I wish they did blow up the plane with Tom Cruise on it. <laughs> see how good of a stuntman he really is. <laughs> Tom, we're going to blow up the plane while you're on it. Are you for it? You know, and if he is, great. You know, because, you know, I don't know, whatever he's into, you know, he'll grow wings suddenly and be able to flap away. Or he may not. We won't have to worry too much. But, uh, yeah. And again, and for the filmmakers that are still aspiring out there going, all right, so what do we got, Baron? We got, you got to be aware of your framing. You got to be aware of your lighting. You got to be aware of your sound. Those are pretty much the three top. You get past those, you could get yourself into a film fest. It's <laughs> really it is. Yeah. We don't really need to get too much more. You get those three right, we can handle that you don't have a plot. I'm good <laughs> figuring out that you don't have a plot. Or your continuity is a problem. Uh-uh. All of a sudden, things start appearing that weren't there before. Right. That happens in The Shining. We don't really worry about it because it's Kubrick's movie. And when Jack is sitting there typing away, there's a chair at one point that appears and disappears behind him all the time. But we don't really have to get into it, now, do we? No. <laughs> but I'm going to go back and watch it. Yes. Oh, <laughs> and for those who are also concerned, the Baron does write for one other site. TheHorrorNews.net. I write for that site, too. I write the Q&As. If you're no, not familiar I'll- with the Q&As, very simple. Pick a movie. Say Psycho, for example, I get to ask the, my own question and I get to <laughs> answer my own question. I go from zero to doctorate level. Theology, oh. sociology, we dive all the way into it. I've been doing oh. it for a couple. The next one up, folks, just to give you a hint. You ready? Kurt Russell uh, was in it. And there were some Huskies. Oh, wait. 
Escape from the. It's not Escape from New York. Nope. Um, Come on. Come on. Uh, it's a remake. Hold on. Oh, the thing. What? Where was my mind? Yeah. The Baron's going to tackle the thing in a Q&A for the horror news in the coming month. Cool. And I, I'll do that one after I drink some of my J&B whiskey that I have. Yes, uh -huh. the Baron also collects the, the alcohol that's used in the movie, too. <laughs> that's well, awesome. Baron, it was a blast having you on the show tonight. Um, Everybody, go listen to one of his eight podcasts. Well, I want to thank you.